When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. gang welcome back to gang plank report i am happy to welcome back adrian to the u.s she's back from the bahamas hey girl hey i'm glad to be back always happy to be home and on u.s soil i'm glad to have you back too i've got a better guaranteed wi-fi connection and phone connection too we can talk more than we did when you were gone absolutely uh, i think what we'll do is start right off with a rapid recap and then we'll get into the episode so first off they pick up with the line snap and just like adrian told us last week it was not that big of a deal it was not very cliffhangery the night doc goes off well. Osa went to bed early when Roy was claiming to jump off the boat, but he dutifully followed behind her, waving at all of the cameramen and breaking the fourth wall, which I loved. <laughs> I thought it was adorable. It was cute. The girls talk about Lexi's burn list, and I just kind of was in WTF mode. The next morning, Matt and Lexi are butting heads again at breakfast. David sets off the fire alarm, and we learn that there's not actually a fire. <laughs> the Orbisons, before they leave, they play a little game of hide-and-seek, which was really cute. The captain got in on it. That was fun. The Orbisons split and tip pretty well. Matt storms off after the crew meeting because he has to do his job. The crew go on a night out, and Matt storms off yet again, hence the name Lord Fussy. And then we're back on the boat with some hot tub action, and Lexi does her best impression of The Exorcist. We leave the episode with a cliffhanger with no previews, which is always interesting, of Lexi shoving Z. And that's your rapid recap. We definitely want to let you know that we have a very cool surprise for you at the end of this episode. And for the next couple of days, we did a very special bonus episode this week. Okay, so what did you think of the craziness of this episode? I tried to communicate it to you when you were in the Bahamas, but I couldn't do it justice. So when you finally got to see it, what did you think? Well, I actually watched it with my husband and he's been following along the entire season so that he could listen to the podcast and know what we were talking about. So even when I'm not here, he watches it, which keeper so material. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keeper material, totally. But his entire reaction to what happened when we watched it last night was, holy ship. Like, <laughs> it was, he was even sitting there with his mouth agape. At I'm a with couple you, Andrew. Points. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> a, a couple different points. It was mm -hmm. pretty funny. So this entire thing, fair warning that this is probably going to be a slightly longer episode than what we normally do. And that's because there's so much to talk about. Jumping wow. right into, I noticed some discontinuity in this episode right at the very beginning of the episode when they're docking, you see the deck crew on the aft deck throwing lines and all the rest of that stuff. And you see the marina and the buildings and the lights in the background. Mm -hmm. And then they cut to Roy saying he's going to jump off the top deck of the boat and there's no lights and there's no buildings. Mm -hmm. So to me, that says that that's some creative editing and that those are two completely different situations. So yeah. I don't think 
Roy yeah. was saying that he was going to jump off while they were trying to dock the boat. It was an interesting edit, but it mm-hmm. doesn't occur to me that that's actually what happened because we would have seen the lights and the marina in the background of him standing up there on the top deck pretending to jump because that aft deck and the lower one where the deck hands were are all in the same part of the boat. Right. Yeah, that was a total Frankenstein moment in editing. And I think it was to heighten what was going on, to act like it was way more chaotic than it was. They tried to do it with the lines. You caught that for us. They tried to do it like they're trying to be professional and get this done. And they've got a guest yelling at them. And that wasn't happening at the same time. I think it was to heighten drama. It's not necessarily the worst thing, but it does make him look much more disrespectful than we know that he, we know he's not that way. I agree. It was just, again, creative editing. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that comes up at the same time is this burnless situation. And I have lots and lots of thoughts about that. One, I've never had one of those. I've said that before, but I don't understand what your point is in telling your coworkers. That's like mm-hmm. telling your coworkers that you have a suitcase full of voodoo dolls. What yeah. do you think is going to happen? Right. And do you think that anybody's going to respond well to that? It just seems like a really... Well, this, the bosun brought this up the second time because they had talked about it privately in their cabin sharing it together so this is the bosun stirring the pot a little bit and (laughs) because katie and courtney didn't know about it and katie's like oh from mean girls are you really (laughs) and courtney didn't even understand what it was she said she had a banged list but (laughs) that it wasn't (laughs) quite the same thing so yeah there's a little something if there's 45 names on it this isn't just all part of the grieving process for like this is something different going on with her. Yeah, this has been in process for a while. Yeah, for sure. And I think the next thing that we definitely noticed was Matt's starting to come unraveled. But that tip meeting after the Orbison split, mm-hmm. they are sitting there and it's acknowledged yet again that he still has to do his job and make crew lunch and he storms off tells everybody to f off and storms off to the galley and i'm impressed that the bosun decided to come into the kitchen and say what can i do to help you we're a team here we want to be able to help you out i know you've got a lot of stuff on your plate tell me what i can do to help you and he resists it at first but then it seems like he acquiesces and lets her help him so that he can move on with the rest of the things that he has to do but i think that's yet another thorn in his side that continues to fester and we see that manifest later yeah he definitely falls in the victim role very easily and is pretty hot-headed i don't know if you notice but as he's talking about having to do this and he's all by himself and he doesn't have a big group and he doesn't get any time off he doesn't get a day off they're showing they're flashing in between departments and showing all the different crew members and the work that they have to do on quote unquote their off day. You know what I mean? Because right. they have to turn the boat over as well. So it's not like he's the only one working and they're not working. They're absolutely working as well. So those kind of editing moments I really enjoy because it does point out the hypocrisy and I live for that. Absolutely. And then we end up at this crew dinner. So after they get all their duties taken care of, We show up at this crew dinner and I, for the life of me, would love to have been a fly on the wall for all of that. I know we saw bits and pieces of what has to have been a couple hours worth of conversation, but the bits and pieces that we did see were just insane. 
Right. And this is where we come up with Swag Nasty and Lord Fussy. Lexi calls herself Swag Nasty. Mm-hmm. And I'm perfectly content to continue to use that as her name going forward if Let's. you're okay with that. Let's yeah. do that. And same thing with Lord Fussy. I think both of those names that are self-proclaimed mm-hmm. are perfect for these Lord two. Fussy. Yes. So. Yeah. And and we see more of that during this crew dinner. A lot of the conversations that happened, I feel like it's probably really important to explain what it's like in yachting. It's not a nine to five job where you get to clock out and go home. And there has to be a healthy balance between your personal life and your professional life. And working on yachts, that can be a real gray area sometimes. And I think that's where we see this come into play, where after Lord Fussy has enough to drink, he starts to talk about his personal life a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. How much do you really want your coworkers and your boss, speaking specifically to when he was telling the captain about his proclivities, how much do you really want your coworkers to know about your sex life Nothing. In the first handful of days of meeting them. <laughs> it just seems Nothing. really inappropriate. That's my answer. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Not a swinging thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting to me that all the rest of them, including Katie, who is completely on the opposite end of the table, had had enough of it. Obviously, there was much more of it to what we saw because every single one of them at some point was like, can we just stop talking about your sex life, please? Nobody cares. Right. This is awkward conversation, clearly not appropriate for dinner and shortly thereafter he gets up and storms off because he feels underappreciated and the things that he says mm-hmm. as he's leaving mm-hmm. don't even really pertain to the dinner conversation I'm a nice guy I'm clean I don't even know what that means <laughs> right it just seemed really disconnected from the fact that he was having a conversation with everybody about how he likes to have threesomes and right. other things we and do that- know that he was trashed and what you were saying about not knowing the time frame, he had a glass of rosé to start, then he ordered a bottle. And the next thing you know, he's eating his meal and can't keep pasta on a fork. So we know that he's gone, but there's still... There still has to be some line of professionalism that you maintain, you. In, mm-hmm. even though you're living and working with these people for several weeks on end. We're still only in basically week one. Right. So for him to divulge that much information when it's not appropriate in front of a large group of your coworkers, and it's very clear that everybody's sending you signals that this is not warranted and not invited conversation. And it wasn't even funny. Like if they were all joking about it, it would probably be one thing, but none of that happened. He was a human non sequitur the whole time. They were trying to talk about other things and he just kept wanting to talk about sex. And it was just, I don't know. It was very weird. It was very weird. And we hear from Swag Nasty a little bit. And that obviously comes full circle in a little bit here, but Matt storms off thinking he's a nice guy and doesn't deserve this kind of treatment from his coworkers and then proceeds to go back to the boat, smash every camera on the way and pack up all his stuff and leave. Right. Just craziness. I mean, his temper is really something. It's kind of zero to 60, really, and it's hard to grasp. But once he left, it seemed like everything mellowed out a lot for a while at the crew dinner and that they really did enjoy themselves. But before we talk about it, we did have a question from a listener. Aaron asked, during your usual charter seasons, do you guys on your days off go out together for a crew dinner? Because she says she felt like if she was living and working with the same group of people, that the last thing she'd want to do is hang out with them on her time off. 
So that kind of plays into this here a little bit. So two things. One, yes, oftentimes we do because you're in isolated places for the most part. So if you're going to go out, first of all, there's always safety in numbers. And when you're in places that are unfamiliar to you, it's always safer to go out with other people. Mm -hmm. Generally, those are people that you know and people that you work with at the same time. So oftentimes, yes, we do go out together for dinners or go out together to do activities because one, again, it's safer, but two, things are always much more enjoyable when you're with a group of people. On the Mm -hmm. flip side of that, there are times where I very much want to just be by myself, especially if we've been on for several weeks at a stretch where I just need some alone time. And because you're living and working with people 24 hours a day, it's really hard to get a little bit of that me time. So there are times where I just jump in a cab and go to a beach and sit there by myself or go walk around downtown and do some shopping or do something for my own mental health Mm -hmm. where I'm not in front of all these people that have been driving me crazy for weeks on end. I feel so, like that would be me. I need space. I need me space without other people's energy in it. So I completely. Yeah. I mean, it goes both ways. So yes, sometimes we do that. Sometimes I run into people in the marina that I know from other boats and I'd rather go spend a night with them because I haven't spent 24 hours a day with them for weeks on end. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That would be nice. I hadn't even thought about that. How many people you must run into because you kind of all dock in the same places when you're for the most part. Yeah. it It depends on how busy the marina is, but yeah, a lot of the times we run into people we know anyway. So it's nice to be able to do a little bit of a break and sometimes those are the people that you vent to about the people that you just spent weeks on end with (laughs) that's also a little bit cathartic sometimes yeah okay Aaron well there's your answer on that but we get back to the crew and they're all facetiming their families they even made a comment like why when we're drunk is the only thing we want to do is facetime with our family and we get to see a conversation Courtney's having with Z's brother that was really funny that the phone died and Z was like I'm glad because Courtney was getting a little flirty with his brother (laughs) (laughs) which was cute so the crew night seems to be going well but later on Swag Nasty starts to get a little prickly when it comes to the bill. And everybody's having to pay 300, I don't know if it's euro or local. Kuna, I think. Kuna, okay. Term. Yeah, okay. So everyone's paying 300. Everyone's done theirs. Which I saw somewhere, someone mentioned it, maybe on the Reddit page, that that's like $45 US or $60 US. Okay, so we're not talking about a fortune here. No. But it becomes this big battle and... Part of it, I think, was a miscommunication because I think Z started to say that Malia paid and then he corrected himself and said Malia paid hers. And so Lexi's thinking she's paying Malia and Lloyd's trying to say, no, you have to pay your own. She paid for hers. You have to pay for yours. And she just got hostile out of really what seemed over something very small. If it is 45 or $50, whatever that doesn't seem right. She starts comparing her degree. And I don't know if you noticed this, but earlier she said she had a biology degree and now she says she has a physics degree. So I know you can have multi-majors because my daughter graduated with one in bio and one in ochem, but she just got very contentious. So she walks off this time. So we've got a double walk off. So she storms off and separates herself a little bit from the group. They all decide to go hot tubbing when they get back. They sort of notice Matt's gone, but nobody really knows that he's gone, gone. They just know he's not in his room. Doesn't seem like they spend a terrible amount of time looking for him. Yeah, no, it doesn't. So Swag Nasty and the bosun are in their cabin and Swag Nasty gets into it again and even escalates it from how she was at the restaurant. I thought, did you not 
think it got nastier. Oh, it got swag nastier. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Too funny. But yeah, she was talking about at least I have something to go back to and you've got nothing. And I, I have an $8,000 a month apartment and exactly. I have three cars and I've got two degrees and we get it. You think your life is impressive. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. I, I just, just don't under, I don't understand how she thought that any of that stuff would endear herself to anybody, especially the bosun. And clearly it did not. Yeah. And it only got worse from there. Yeah, it did. It seemed like it mellowed out as soon as they got to the hot tub. Everybody was drinking, having a good time. They played a little truth or dare. David ran around the bow naked. Props to him for playing along. They were drinking. Katie seemed like she was having a good time. Like everybody seemed like they were in pretty good spirits. And Mm -hmm. then that ended abruptly. Yeah, it ended as soon as David came back in from doing his little streak. He leaned over and was going to ask the bosun. This was his moment. This was what he's been building up to this whole time, asking her if she could see them as something other than co-workers. And for whatever reason, Swag Nasty felt the need to jump in and call him a butt kisser and all this kind of stuff when she had no idea what the conversation was about. And Lloyd, who wants to support his mate, you know, he wants to support his buddy. He just tells Swag Nasty to shut up, which I don't blame him. I wanted her to shut up at that point too but it was all it just went downhill well and can we talk about something that Mm -hmm. if what swag nasty did to lloyd had been in the reverse gender that that person would have been off the show immediately that if any one of those guys had gotten up in any one of those girls faces and put their junk in their face Mm -hmm. you know that the entire internet would be aflame and that that person would be canceled immediately. Mm -hmm. The fact that she thought it was okay to physically molest someone, especially somebody that we like as much as Lloyd, although it shouldn't happen to anybody, is just ridiculous. And the fact that he got upset and left, I don't blame him. I don't either. That was really rude. It was totally uninvited there was clearly no like invitation on any of that and for her to do that it started a pattern of obvious behavior to me that just didn't improve right and I think he had every right to get up and leave I think for her to patronize him on top of that after he got up and left was even worse and I feel really bad that he had to go through that because again, in a reverse role, you know that everybody would have been flipping out about it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like several of them did respond pretty negatively to that behavior, although not what we would have witnessed if it was a man doing it to a woman. Right. I thought that the bosun was very protective. I thought she did a good job of that. When he walked off, Z was trying to defend Lloyd as well. And that's when Swag Nasty went into her whole, you're being such a deckhand. Stop being a deckhand, which set the bosun off. And then it goes from Swag Nasty fighting with Dave to Swag Nasty fighting with Lloyd to Swag Nasty fighting with Z to Swag Nasty fighting with the bosun. I mean, pretty much, I think Katie had gotten out by that point. And I think looking at it, Katie came up to try to calm the situation down and Mm -hmm. it seemed like that started to work until the bosun reintroduced herself to the situation and then it just 
continued to get bad again and yeah. carried down into the crew area and where we leave it is with swag nasty shoving yeah. d and we don't know all the context of that because that was kind of the cliffhanger for the episode but mm-hmm. it seemed like it just started to escalate and escalate and and she threw in a couple racial slurs i mm-hmm. mean yeah it just doesn't seem like somebody should have just locked her in a room until right. she sorted herself out because that you know i totally empathize with the bosun who was like i have to sleep in a room with her what am i gonna right. do right katie volunteered but after she and katie were screaming at each other because when katie i have to take it back because when katie did come up to make peace she went off on katie and started telling her that she was an awful chief stew or she was bad at her job and katie's like okay you know <laughs> so I would have put her in a guest room to be quite honest. Well, I would have taken a guest room and let her sleep on the bunks. Yeah, I agree. I don't see that situation improving. Okay. I feel like even if she wrote a certified letter to every person on that crew the next day to apologize that I'm not sure that that would turn the tide for her. Once it got physical and it got physical more than once, that's enough for me. I feel like she's she's our first one to walk the gangplank. I yes. think Swag Nasty is the first one into the drink. Yes, swag nasty, take a dive. We're done. Because even if you're not done, we're done talking about you for right now until you can show us that you can behave. I tend to think that the cliffhanger is because it's going to be obvious that she's gone. That's my gut instinct. I don't know. I don't let's have hope, any- Let's hope that whoever's waiting in quarantine is ready to go. Yeah, because I can't with that kind of behavior. I don't like the slurs. I don't like the physicality of it. It was just awful. And it was hard to watch. Absolutely. Knowing that Lord Fussy had left first, I thought I was more upset with him, like sequentially at the crew dinner. He had more of my ire at that point, but Swag Nasty completely overrode that to the point where I almost forgot he left the boat. So I was just going to say, you know, it's dramatic when the chef leaves and nobody seems to really care because there's too much else going on. Right. (laughs) And the captain is sleeping the whole time. I did like how they kept going to (laughs) filming outside her door with the snoring in the background. (laughs) I mean, it's entirely possible that she was far enough removed from the actual site of all of that to not hear much of it but it seems really surprising to me that she wouldn't have heard something yeah along those lines so who knows how well she was sleeping i mean it seems like a rock to Mm -hmm. me yep i do want to do a shout out to Mm -hmm. ella for her 16th birthday your best friend Liv wanted us to make sure that we wished you a very below deck birthday so that's very cute and birthday And Jen, I know you had something really special that you wanted to say today. I do. I don't want to end on a down note. I do just want to acknowledge this is the first time we've been able to record since my best friend passed. She was a huge Bravo fan, and I would not be doing this if it weren't for her. I would have never gotten on Twitter if it weren't for her. I am a ridiculous introvert. I would have never started writing again if it weren't for her. So I just wanted to dedicate this to my fairy because none of this would be happening right now if it wasn't for her. So I wanted to say a very personal thank you to Fairy Dusted for getting you into this in the first place because we wouldn't be here otherwise. Thank you. So we don't end on a sad note. We do have one more question and then we have an amazing surprise to talk to you guys about. But our question is from Irene. 
She's one of our friends on Twitter and IG. And she wanted to know how many people are actually on the boat because she sees the crew and sometimes the chief engineer, but what's the total and how many camera crew members. I can answer the total on the ship because I looked it up for someone else on Twitter last week. And on Lady Michelle, it's 14 crew. That's what they have. As far as camera people, I will have to toss that over to you. So the crew that you're not seeing most of the time is two engineers, so chief engineer and second engineer, and then the first officer. Apparently, there's often a sous chef on that boat, so there's that as well, because when they pulled into port before, there was a sous chef on the boat. Remember when we saw on sailing yacht, the crew that came on to charter the boat? That's true. That's true. There was a a sous chef there. Mm -hmm. So there's at least a sous chef normally for that boat. For the camera crew, it really depends. My season, we had at least four camera operators and four sound engineers that were following us around because they run in teams. They run in pairs Mm -hmm. to follow us with audio and video. And then there's an entire team of producers that are sitting in one of the staterooms watching all the footage so that they can tell the camera crews where to run to, where things are actually happening. So to my understanding, there's more. So there's at least six camera crew and audio engineers that are running around the boat at all times and then probably at least three production crew in one of the rooms so more than it seems like that's for sure that does sound like an awful lot so there's your answer Irene thank you so much you've been a loyal listener and thanks for interacting with us and anybody else if you have a question feel free to message us on twitter or ig or email us at gangplankreport at gmail.com so I will let you give everybody our surprise adrian because it happened because of you so go ahead i have had a really great interaction with roy orbison jr since his first appearance on below deck med and we were able to interview him about his experience this time around it was so much fun it was so great (laughs) what we thought was going to be a 20 minute interview turned into an hour and it was nonstop. it's very interesting because we were both shocked by some of the stuff that he told us about his trip so much scoop guys i.e the length of the trip Mm -hmm. is one of the biggest things that was a shock to us. So you'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out what that is. We've we've decided to make it a two-part. So we'll have half of it coming out tomorrow on Wednesday and half of it coming out on Thursday so that you can tune in and find out what he had to say. But he had so many interesting insights. We had so much fun talking to Roy and Osa and, of course, Roy the Third Mm -hmm. and Bo. So we had a really great time chatting with them. We may or may not have gotten an invitation to go to Sweden at the end of it. So there's that. (laughs) Please definitely check out this extremely special interview with Roy Orbison Jr. and his beautiful family. We really enjoyed it. We We think you will too. It was wonderful. And we are very excited to share it with you guys. They're an amazing family. I feel like they got a raw deal on this edit this season. Last season, we got to see the great side of them there and absolutely an adorable family. And I think you guys are going to love what we were able to learn from them. So check that out. Don't forget to rate and review us if you could, if you listen via Apple. We love those ratings and reviews, and we appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to listen tomorrow and on Thursday for the two-parter, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below, original music and lyrics by Angel Twitter Frail and Terry Abbott, performed by Lorelei of Florida. 
production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Cast off, me hearties. We're heading up the gangplank and going down below.